Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Treeblosser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, made possible by Rotary District 7210. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. And today our special guest is Rotarian Larry Plant, talking about the amazing shelter boxes. Welcome, Larry. Thanks, Sarah. So, Larry, what is a shelter box? Shelter box is a totally self-contained unit of 10-person sleeping tent, sleeping bags, emergency disaster relief equipment, tools, children's toys, uh, cooking apparatus, cooking stove, water purification tablets. These devices, these boxes actually, are brought into uh, disaster areas. They're shipped all over the world. It's a project of a Rotary Club in Cornwall, England, that began in 2001. Now, let's talk for a second before we find out about the history of shelter boxes and where they're used and, and why they first came into being. Let's not leave the description. You know, you said they had all this material in it, the cans, the, 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 the cooking materials, the tents, sleeping bags. It sounds like it should be the size of a tractor-trailer truck, but uh, you and I and Sarah have all seen a shelter box, and to me it looks about the size of the average coffee table. Well, it weighs 110 pounds. It's the size of a very large Tupperware container that you might use around the house. That's uh, what those, it looks like. It looks like a gigantic right. Tupperware, and I can pick it up. I you can, can well, actually. You're tough. Well, I know. We all know that. I, small, <laughs> whatever it is, in small packages comes dynamite or something like that. But it's it's a very manageable and contained thing that. It, it, you, you open it up and all these, these things pop out. Well, for those who, who like myself, are old enough to remember steamer trunks, it's about the size of an old-fashioned uh, ocean-going steamer trunk. And uh, how did shelter boxes get started, Larry? Well, in 2001, uh, the founder, Tom Henderson, who is a former RAF sea engineer. That's Royal Air Force. I'm sorry, Royal no, Air okay. Force engineer. Um, came up with the idea for his Rotary Club Centennial project. In 2001, Rotary was 100 years old, and each club around the world was charged with a major project. So his thought was that during, the, during disasters, the first thing that people need is shelter. You can live three days without water. You can live three weeks without food, but you need shelter immediately. He proposed the project to the board of directors of his Rotary Club, and from there, it just it took off. It it took off. Now, it is a grassroots Rotary project. It's recognized by Rotary International, but it's not something that is funded or supported by Rotary International. So individual clubs, starting with Tom's and then affiliates in the United States, um, Denmark, Australia, Canada, and Germany have all jumped on the bandwagon, and they're sponsoring the programs within their respective countries. And what is your job here in the United States when it comes to shelter box well, as a Rotarian? Well, I am our district. I am the District 7210 shelter box rep, and I go around to various clubs and various functions, and I set up the shelter box tent for community days, for rib fests, for Italian festivals, whatever the club the event may need. is. Right. But I also approach, I, I'm sorry, I also go to clubs, and I speak about shelter box. I show DVDs. I show uh, PowerPoint, and I explain the, the program to them. 
for for anyone who hasn't seen them because pretty much now, at least in our district, I can attest to the fact that most everybody is more than just a little bit familiar. The first time Joan and I saw Shelterbox was actually last fall at International Rotary Day in New That's York. That's right. We had the pleasure of interviewing Tom Henderson, we the did. founder of, of Shelterbox right there in the United Nations. And he had one of these tents you spoke of, Larry, set up in the lobby. And I described it at the time, as I recall, as about the, twice the size of the average home bathroom. It is an immense tent. 18 feet in diameter. And it can comfortably sleep, sleep 10. Sleep how many? 10. 10 people. And this, this is already the second generation tent. Uh, this tent is for all climates. The original tent that came out was primarily for warm climates. Mm-hmm. And that was set up slightly different. Uh, certain cultures, the men and the women must be separated. Right. So in that tent, it had a wing for the women. It had a wing for the men. And it had a joint area in the in the center for uh, the family to get together for meals. Well, it's one thing to talk about it, but it is an entirely other thing to actually see it and then to see how it breaks down and how manageable it is. Now, when there is a disaster, what happens is the, the they get deployed. There's a whole other network, a structure that's in place that, as you said, is managed by a grassroots effort of rotaries internationally, but particularly, well, let's just talk a little bit about in the United States, because rotary shelter boxes, they were very present during Katrina, for example. They, they've they been very present in some of the first people on the, on the ground during other um, disasters globally. But how are they deployed? Because that's fascinating to me. Everything is shipped from England. Um, they're Packed in a warehouse, uh, shelter boxes are not built in inventory. As a disaster comes in and as funding is there, the shelter boxes are pretty much uh, put together as a basic shelter box, but disaster-specific boxes are added to a, a deployment. They're loaded. Let, let on me a- just interrupt you for one second, by the way. I think the people who run shelter box should give... Everyone lessens on how to pack a suitcase because it's amazing how much they can cram in such an orderly fashion into these uh, tubs, as we said, about the size of a steamer case. Uh, well, it was designed by an engineer. Right. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Tom Henderson is <laughs> yeah. an engineer, right? They're, uh, they're loaded onto a lorry, um, which we would call a truck, but I found out if you, you work for shelter box, you have to speak, speak the language. Speak the language, huh? Right. So they're loaded onto a lorry, and then they're immediately trucked to uh, um, an airport outside of London, um, the fortunate thing is uh, Richard Branson, who is the CEO of Virgin Airways, is a big benefactor. So oh, tremendous. He allows Shelterbox to use available belly cargo space at no charge. That's terrific. And the aircraft brings them to the closest airport of the wherever the disaster may be. Now, they also use uh, U.S., um, United States Air Force uh, C-130s, and whatever's necessary to get it to the location. Once they get to the outlying area of where the disaster is, then shelter box response team members ferry it into the actual disaster. And they are the... They are the volunteers. Yes, and they are the most important part of the entire shelter box response team group. Now, you, you mentioned that these uh, shelter boxes, when fully loaded are somewhere in the neighborhood of 110 pounds, 110 right? pounds, yes. One of the most amazing things that you'll see at a shelter box exhibit is the video of these shelter boxes uh, trying to be delivered to the area of need. Very often the roads are washed out, so they'll go on mules, and you'll see uh, Native women, especially in Africa, put one on, on their, their heads, heads and walk toward their families. 
Just an amazing sight. Whatever it takes. The first time I saw that, that DVD photo, I was amazed. And, and you think about it, though, but in, in third world countries, women are used to carrying yokes with water in two barrels on the ends of the yokes, upwards of two and 300 pounds on their shoulders. Well, Rotary and Larry Palant uh, talking about the amazing shelter boxes, uh, one of the major emphasis of Rotary. Tell us some of the places where shelter boxes have been sent by Rotarians. Well, the, the single biggest deployment was in 2005 at the December tsunami in uh, Indonesia. 11,500 boxes were sent there. Now, close to home, uh, about 2,000 boxes were sent to the Katrina area. But it's an interesting story. Um, municipalities, the founding fathers of, not founding fathers, I'm sorry, the um, boards of governors and whatever you have in various communities in, in the Katrina area, they don't like to see Americans living in tents. So they didn't allow their refugees to stay in the tents. The tents were used primarily by um, emergency workers coming down that had no place to live. Right. So they set the tents up, and people coming from all over the country to aid in Katrina, they were the, the utilizers of the tents. You know, Sarah has a fascinating story about that, because Sarah is actually from New Orleans. And uh, Sarah, sh- share that for a moment with mm-hmm. our, our listeners and with Larry, the, the first time you went back home after Katrina. Uh, Jonah will never never forgets this story. <laughs> when I, sh- story. I shared it to, with him kind story. of privately, but I'll share it with, with you and our listening audience. As he said, I'm from South Louisiana. I flew home um, not too long after Katrina, but things were more under control. My family was fortunately not directly affected. And I always fly into, into um, the New Orleans airport pick up a car and then drive to drive out to my family's house and I was standing picking up in line picking up my car at the counter the woman there started to weep and then started to cry um, because I always wear my pin when I travel your rotary pin my rotary pin my wheel and as you know when you travel if you do that people will just come up to you in in bus stations or public areas and start up a conversation because it really is an international um, brotherhood or sisterhood, I should say. And um, she asked me, are you a Rotarian? And I said, yes. And, and I said, you recognize my pin. And she said, I have to tell you, you all were the first people here. Ro- Rotarians are heroes here. You were the first people to help us. You were here before the Red Cross. You were here before FEMA. You were here before the military. It was the first line of aid. And um, people made arrangements. Rotarians uh, rolled up their sleeves and did whatever it took, and the shelter boxes were a huge, huge hit. Um, clearly, any anything and everything was um, was needed at that time. As we know, it was a disaster and an embarrassment, as it were, as to how the the, the crisis was dealt with. Anyway, but anyway, that um, I I always take that back with me because there is a saying that you are a member of of Rotary for a while, and then at some point you become a Rotarian. And for me, I guess that would have been the, the moment. Rotary's there first and foremost, and it's thanks to people like Larry and the Shelter Box crew that uh, we get to do all these wonderful things. Um, Larry, uh, before the break, let's talk about how people can learn more about Shelter Box. Is there a website? There is a website, uh, www.shelterboxusa.org. There's also a, an international website, shelterbox.org. And all these photographs and videos could be on there, right? There's a tremendous uh, 
media section where you have videos and it's fascinating that the video that that Jonah referenced. I'm sure. Did you see that at the international conference, Jonah? Yes. Um, and you did. You got to see. Um, uh, uh, you got to see Mr. Henderson again, didn't oh, you? Oh, it's my he pleasure. Was, to talk did you to interview Henderson. him again? Well, we interviewed uh, him and one of his assistants, and uh, they have the same kind of quality information that Larry's going to share with us right after the break. Okay. But let me remind our listeners: they're in tune with Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. This is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the effervescent Sarah O'Connell, <laughs> our very special guest, Larry Palon, talking about shelter boxes. And Sarah, who brought us Radio Rotary today? Well, as you know, we wouldn't be here without the continued support of Rotary District 7210, Jonah, and the clubs of Arlington, Blooming Grove, Washingtonville, Congers Valley Cottage, Fishgill Highland, and Hyde Park. And we'll be back with more of Radio Rotary right after these important messages. This tree was never chopped down because this crutch never needed to be carved because these legs never grew weak because this child never got polio. Over the past 20 years, Rotary Club members have helped immunize over 2 billion children against polio. Now we are on the brink of eradicating this crippling disease once and for all. But we need your help. Thanks to an historic matching grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, every dollar Rotary raises will work twice as hard to make sure vaccines reach the people who need it, to protect the children of the world against polio forever. This is an opportunity to end polio now. Visit rotary.org slash end polio. Rotary. Humanity in motion. And welcome back to Radio Rotary. I am Sarah O'Connell sitting here with my co-host, Jonah Trebowasser. With a name like that, Jonah, you're obligated to use it. We are you say so. <laughs> joined by um, Larry Plant, who is the uh, district representative for Shelter Boxes, which is a grassroots initiative of Rotary. And we've been talking about what the, the shelter boxes are and how they've been deployed and their function during a, any type of global disaster, let's talk a little bit about the history of, of shelter box. A right. little bit more about that because we touched on it earlier. Well, bef- if, if I may, before we get into the history, you asked me, uh, Jonah, earlier where shelter boxes were deployed. Right. Uh, as we're speaking, um, there was a typhoon three days ago in the Philippines and right. China. Taiwan. Yeah, we saw. Uh, 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 news f- footage and it's the uh, mudslides are horrendous. Well, Three hundred and fifty shelter boxes are already in. Um, two hundred of them are in. Two two hundred and fifty of them are in the Philippines, and a hundred of them are on their way to Taiwan right now. Uh, three shelter box response teams have been deployed, and these boxes. These are the initial boxes. They will be set up, and approximately thirteen thousand people in the Philippines already have been displaced. Uh, Six thousand homes have been destroyed. And it's a perfect opportunity for ShelterBox to do what they do best. And as you said, the teams are composed of uh, volunteers. Rotarians, Rota- right. Rotarian volunteers. The ShelterBox response team members are the key to the entire project. Uh, you have to be physically fit. You have to be uh, good with words and be able to work your way through customs and whatever is necessary. Problem solving. Um, how is there training involved? Yeah, is there informal there, there or is, formal any type of 
there is an interview process. There is a physical training test. If you pass all of that and the local countries where you're, you're stationed, where, where you live, um, deem you good enough to go on, you're sent to England and you're, you're given formal training. Um, is that something you've done? No, I, uh, I cannot. I have, uh-huh. uh, with an artificial hip, it's just uh, the physical... Well, you may have an artificial hip, but you had a very big heart to be running yeah, well, such a big project um, like this to, to benefit thanks. people around the world. Um, the, the response team members, and we're, we're lucky. This is the first time in years that we've had anybody up in this area. There is a, uh, a young wor- woman uh, who just became a shelter box response team member in White Plains, and she is, uh, speaks Taiwanese, so she's waiting right That's now great. for the phone mm. call. Um, but once, you, once you're chosen and your training is complete, you're put on a list. And you have to be ready in 24 hours notice. It's immediate response. Yes. It's like being an EMT almost well, or a they, fireman. or that's, that's exactly what they prefer. You know, this is a great job for someone who is self-employed or has the type of job that their employer will allow them to take two weeks off on 24 hours notice. Ideally, it's someone who is a paramilitary, former EMT, former police, former fire. Um, you can find out about it going on to the shelterboxusa.org website. And click the link to Shelterbox response team members. And you, for those for those who joined us late again, the shelter box is about the size of an old fashioned steaming trunk, about the size of the average coffee table. A bright green, big Tupperware box filled with a tent, ten sleeping bags, a um, immense tent that'll sleep ten, cooking gear, everything for a, a fa- extended family of ten to survive for how long, Larry? Initially, it's six months. It can be it can be used longer. But well, the even initi- six months is an amazingly long length of time for for something that's so compact. Yeah, they. And what is the cost of to assemble one box? The. You you donate money, to fund the box, and that's one thousand dollars. But there's probably about six or seven hundred dollars worth of actual material in the box. The balance is for transportation, as we said, anywhere in the world. So, whatever it takes, mule. Tuk Tuk in the Philippines, um, Chinese junk, whatever it takes, the type of vehicle to get it to the disaster, that's done. How many uh, volunteers would you say are signed up at this time, Rotarians? Do you have any statistics on that? I have no statistics on that, but I do know usually with every deployment, they like to get two and possibly a third SRT, box response team member. You know, one of the fascinating things that I found on your website, which, again, is shelterboxusa.org, right, uh, is that if you donate money for a shelter box, you can Track find where, where your particular yeah. box is going and who it's helping. Yes. I think that's terrific. You, uh, the website is terrific for that. You will get one, – once your box is assigned to you, you'll get a number, a certificate in the mail, and then you can actually go right onto the website, punch in the box number – and it'll tell you when and where it was deployed. And, and, you know, Larry, the other great thing about the shelter box is after the tent is out and the cooking material is out and, and the, the portable stove and everything they pack in there is out, they recommend using the actual tub as a as a bathtub for the kids. Right. All right? Or as a food storage uh, facility. It's Nothing goes to waste. In, in sections of Africa, um, camels bring library books from village to village. The shelter boxes strapped across the back of a camel is now the carrying facility for the, the library. And each one of these shelter boxes takes the rotary wheel around the world so people yes. know it's Rotarians who are helping out. Um, in Myanmar, during the tsunami 
uh, the cyclone mm-hmm. in Myanmar last year, there was one eastern, I'm sorry, one western organization that was allowed in first, and that was Shelterbox. Um, in sections of Africa where there's a tremendous amount of civil war, civil unrest, United Nations is held at the at the border. Other organizations are held at the border. As soon as the guards see the Rotary logo, they motion for the trucks to come in with the shelter box. Well, what because a Rotary is tribute to Rotary. Absolutely, and as we know as Rotarians, Rotary is a non-religious, non-political, non-socio-economical. It's all about humanity, really, and that that's why we kind of get the green light, and that's another reason why oftentimes they are the first people on the front line. And if you folks at home want to join the fun and, and the great public service of Rotary, uh, just go to rotary.org, that's R-O-T-A-R-Y.org, click on the Club Locator button, put in your own hometown, and find where the Rotary Club is nearest you. And if you'd like to meet Larry in person, he's a wonderful fellow. Larry, what's your club? Suffer in New York. And where do they meet? We meet Thursday afternoons, 1215, at Marcello's Restaurant in downtown Suffer. And you can invite all 38,000 people for lunch who listen to well, us every week. I, I will have the tent up at the Rib Fest this weekend. <laughs> oh, and that that's a big rotary event. We Jonah and I will be there as well. That's right. We're going to be bringing you live sounds. Well, not live, but on tape uh, from, the, <laughs> from the Rib Fest. And we'll, we'll visit with Larry again. And yeah. you're at the gate. And That's Larry right. will be there with the with the box. How's the food at your uh, your? Is it a lunch club? Yes, it's yeah, a lunch yeah, club. Um, yeah. She always asks. About Marcello's the food. is probably considered <laughs> the fi- the finest restaurant, one of the two finest restaurants in Rockland County. It's- See, I knew it, Jonah. All right, Larry, tell us about a little about yourself. Our listeners always like to know about uh, the background of Rotarians. Um, well, I, what is it you do when you're not trying to get people to donate to shelter box? I uh, I manage condominiums. I own a very small one person uh, real estate property management company in Rockland County. Uh, so I, you're into shelter morning, noon, and night. At crisis management, it's called. <laughs> um, I got involved. I, I became a Rotarian seven years ago. Um, I am the di- besides being the district shelter box rep, I'm also the district disaster relief coordinator. Mm-hmm. And that kind of happened as a result of Katrina. Um, back in when Katrina occurred, um, our district sent out a notice to all the clubs, and the clubs raised $43,000 in disaster relief. That's magnificent. And I got involved because I was able to secure 10 uh, generators and gasoline, gasoline cans, tarpaulins, and all of that type of material. And I had a contractor that did work for me up in Rockland County that was hired to do disaster cleanup, and he brought all that down to Rotary Clubs outside of the Katrina area, outside of New Orleans, and those generators made their way down to the Mississippi and the Louisiana Gulf Coast areas. And families who refused to leave their homes sat with the generator in their front lawn, and five or six families ran televisions and one or two refrigerators off of those generators. And to this day, following up, the Rotary Clubs down there still, still hang on to those generators, and it's like a lending library. That's yeah. great. Is that, is that the kind of thing that first got you interested in Shelterbox? Yes, in February of 2006, Rotary International had the first North American Disaster Relief um, Conference down mm-hmm. in New Orleans. I met Tom Henderson down there. Founder of Shelterbox. Founder of Shelterbox. Late. Um, not even a matter of meeting him. I sat next to him for the first three hours of the program without even knowing I was sitting next to him. Not only is he brilliant, but he's a fascinating uh, conversation to have. I mean, putting shelter box aside, as right. we know, Jonah, yeah. 
Um, but what really, let me backtrack to what sure. got me involved in, in Shelterbox. Uh, in December of 2006, there was a large article in Rotarian Magazine about what Shelterbox, what it was. And I called our district governor at the time, and I suggested we purchase as a district a shelter box to loan out to Rotary Clubs throughout the district when they have community days or functions. We as Rotarians know what Rotary does worldwide, but the non-Rotarian world doesn't. Now, they know we, we're instrumental in curing polio, but to me there is nothing more visual than that 18-foot diameter green tent sitting in a community day or a, uh, a rib fest so that non-Rotarians walk up and they say, what's this? And, right. And uh, what is it for? Right. And it explains to the outside world exactly what we do as Rotarians. You're absolutely right. A picture's wor- visual is worth, worth more than, than des- describing and, it. And I, I do a lot of presentations at um, Interact Clubs, you know, the, the high school clubs for— uh, Right, the Rotary-sponsored high school right. kids. And I tell the kids, if there's nothing— don't let anyone ever tell you that one person can't change humanity. Right. Because Tom Henderson came out with this idea. Half a million people have been sheltered as a result of his single idea. These kids walk away, and they said, you're right. I can make a change in humanity. Oh, I'm waiting for the day when Tom gets knighted by the queen. Because, I mean, th- this one man, as you said, started from just a, a germ of an idea and started this worldwide shelter box movement. Now, Larry, one of the things I find fascinating in, in reviewing the shelter box uh, website, which, again, is, tell our listeners. www.shelterboxusa.org. Is that these families in distress get to keep all the material. We don't look for the pans and everything back. So even once they have their, their homes back together, they have all this new cookware, which I think is just terrific. And and the important thing is they include the children. They send coloring books. They send crayons, workbooks. It, it's, it's very well thought out. And if the folks out there want to help, what should they do? They can go on to the website, shelterboxusa.org. There is a link for making contributions. There is a link for becoming a volunteer. Uh, come to the Rib Fest. You'll see uh, the Shelterbox. You can make donations there. It's just a great organization, and it's... It helps the world. Larry Payant, Rotarian and Chairman of Shelterbox, thanks so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And Sarah, me. who brought us Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, we are here for from the gener- generous support of District 7210. That's Rotary District 7210 in the clubs of Kingston, Kingston Sunrise, Millbrook, Newburgh, New Paltz, Pleasant Valley, Red Hook, and Southern Ulster. For Sarah O'Connell, this is Jonah Trebowasser thanking you for joining us at Rot- Radio Rotary and inviting you to join us again the same time next week for more Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio.